Welcome back to Beyond Broke and Hungry. This week we are interviewing the ladies from Athena's Coaching. We have Laura and Honor here. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. Thank you. So we're going to start loosen things up a little bit. What's the weirdest thing that happened to you this week? Wow, what's the weirdest thing that happened to me this week? I didn't really have anything weird happen to me. How about you, Honor? Goodness gracious. Let's see. The weirdest thing that happened to me this week. Um, I think we ran out of eggs. <laughs> I know. that's like, Isn't that just crazy? I mean, yeah, that's about the weirdest thing that happened that I can think of. So, well, There you go. It's definitely something. Hey, that would be... I, I like hard-boiled eggs every single week and like put them in my salads. So that is... I would be like, I'd be like, oh my God, I don't have eggs. So I totally, I can get on that. (laughs) That would be devastating for Dara. (laughs) We've spent the entire week prepping eggs at my house. Just lots and lots of eggs. eggs. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I hit a chord. That's so funny. (laughs) All righty. Well, why don't each of you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into life coaching. Okay, well, I can start. Um, So I have a background of about 25 years in the corporate world, um, working internationally in various places. And I moved to Michigan, got married, moved to Michigan, and changed careers, went into building and renovating houses and real estate. After about seven years of that, I realized that wasn't really working for me. It wasn't very fulfilling. Uh, I missed the professional world. I missed the interaction and connecting with people. So I did some soul searching. I got myself a coach and started to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, And I decided I was going to be a a coach. And so I actually started a training process. And that's where Laura and I met. So that's um, how I got here. All right, Laura, your turn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my turn. So um, I am just a jack of all trades here. I started actually as a chemical engineer and then went and got my MBA and did brand management for years. And then um, I stopped for a little bit, had my son and went back and I became a certified financial planner and had my own financial planning practice for about a decade. And I retired from that about three years ago. And I realized what I really missed about what I did with my clients was the whole life planning part, right? So even though you're a financial advisor and they're paying you to give them advice and in the meetings, they're like, yeah, we're going to go do that. This is great. I realized that they didn't always do what was on their to-do list, right? And it wasn't until I incorporated these coaching practices, these life planning practices, where we create a vision for the client, we hold them accountable, um, we really touch on what's really important to them in terms of values and their bucket list. That's when you saw the magic happen. That's when they started to really follow through. And to see that transformation, that was just so rewarding for me. I mean, I guess when you when it comes to your financial planning, you almost you almost have to be a life coach in a way, just just because it's you got to help a person out with their. I mean, the finances, money kind of moves everything, you know. So that's it's it's that's great how things kind of just transitioned that way for you. Right. Um, what's some advice that you could give somebody who is, um, you know, whether it's in the creative industry or just in, in their, the beginning of their industry and everybody kind of starts at, you know, the lower totem pole, um, how does one stay healthy while living on a budget? 
Well, I think first off, because we're coaches, we really wanted to start with what does healthy mean to you? Like healthy is totally different for me than it is for somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to lose weight, but I really want to look at my, my levels of my blood. Like I want to make sure my sugar's low. I want to make sure my cholesterol's low. I want to make sure that I'm fit. I want to make sure that I'm not in pain. So I'd have to say to that person, make sure you have a good vision of what it means to be healthy first. And what does that look like? Really creating that future image of themselves so that they're motivated to really move towards that ideal health status, whatever that might mean for them. Yeah. And one of the things um, just, you know, when we're a Laura and I make sure that we're very holistic about our coaching. And so we coach people in different areas, careers, you know, life change, financial, but we also coach the whole person. So when you're thinking about health, we, our mind immediately goes to our body, but there's also mental health, you know, emotional health and even spiritual health. And so we make sure that we address all of those with people. And we want to make sure today when we're talking that we bring those things in as well. Yeah, it's so important. So what, um, as far as budgeting goes for people that let's say they're starting off in a creative industry, they are maybe doing an unpaid internship and scraping to get by driving for a lift or something like that. What is your, what do you think is the first step to getting their life on track? Um, once they do figure out what healthy means for them? Yeah, well, obviously they have to create a budget, right? And so everybody's going to have a different budget based on what their expenses are, their fixed expenses, their variable expenses. And when we look at eating, that tends to be something that's relatively fixed if we're, for example, cooking for ourselves. So I would say number one, learn how to cook. Um, And you can also do some meal planning as well. But the part that gets tough is the more variable stuff. And now I'm kind of talking like a, a financial planner, but it's that eating out, right? It's um, when we go to the grocery store, instead of just getting what we need, we buy a bunch of other stuff that just looks good, like makeup and whatever. And so then we blow our budget. Um, so I mean, real quickly, have a budget, try to stick to it, learn to cook, eat out, don't eat out as much. You know, for example, I do intermittent fasting. To me, it's one of the number one things you can do to stay healthy. I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat until noon. So I'm cutting out a whole meal there. That's a third of your food budget. Right. (laughs) That'll that'll definitely make a dent in that. (laughs) Yeah. And once you you get your budget, you know what's important to you and you set your budget, um, you should write down your goals, figure out what's important to me, how much money do I have when I after I do my budget and write down your goals. Um, 47% more likely to meet your goals if you write them down. So that's an easy step. Just put them, you know, and then put them somewhere where you're going to see them. Because a lot of times we write down our goals, we stick them, we go, oh, that was great. What, you know, pat yourself on the back and we stick them in a drawer and we don't reflect back on them. Right. Uh, this this going into 2020 was the first time I actually sat down and wrote out my goals, uh, financial, personal, career, friendships. Right. Yeah. And, and it really, I mean, I've obviously I've always had goals to get where I am with my sure. career and everything else, but um, I never actually physically wrote them down. And it totally changed my my perspective because it helped. I feel like it helped, really helps you organize that, yep. and then you have a destination. So then you're able to kind of figure out the map on how to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And here's another really good tip in terms of writing things down that I did when I was first um, starting out. 
I would take the weekly circulars or look and see what was on sale at wherever I shopped, right? And I would plan my meal around whatever was on sale for the entire week. And I'd only go to the market once so that I had everything there. And so when we plan ahead like that, we write it all down, we have a planning. I know it takes a little more time, but it's amazing how much money we can actually save. Because normally we spend money when we're trying to be convenient, right? And we don't have our act together. Right. And with my grocery shopping, the way I do things, I don't tend to do a weekly meal prep, but what works for me is kind of eating in season and then going for the foods that are discounted, getting a lot of produce. And Mm -hmm. with the, I'll go to Kroger, get the fruits and veggies that are in the discounted section and kind of base some meals off of that. But I'm a really creative cook, so that's fun for me. But I know a lot of people have to Dara is the complete opposite. <laughs> Going shopping with Ellen is just like, let's walk in and see what happens. And like <laughs> me, like I, th- I mean, I've, I've not, I've, the, this is the first year I've written down my goals for like the year and, and things like that. But I have for the last, since I was in college, um, I physically write out my meal plan. I physically write my grocery list down. And that is something, even when I was a little girl, like I would get mad at my mom if she would go grocery shopping without me yeah. because <laughs> I loved grocery shopping, but like I have to go in with a plan. Otherwise mm-hmm. I feel like I aimlessly walk around and I'll be like, like, oh, well, this, especially being from Florida, going to Publix, like the BOGOs that you've got going on all the time. I'm like, oh, well, I'll have this. I'll have this. And then if I don't go in with a plan, I end up spending mm-hmm. on average about $40 more than if I just go in. I have my list. I allow maybe one or two things like off the list. But I was like having anxiety when I went grocery <laughs> shopping with Ellen before. Like she was like, oh, we could do this and we could do this. And I was like, you know, if we had like a plan before we came in here, this would be a little bit easier. <laughs> You know, and that brings up a really good point is you have to know yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because back to Laura's point about ask some questions, it's the same thing, right? For you, mm-hmm. you have to plan it out. You have to know what you're going in yes. for, and then you can be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And for Ellen, she's like, oh, I love to creatively cook, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like enjoyable to go in and think about what can I make when I look right. at these ingredients, right? Yeah. So you have to know yourself, oh, and yeah. that's, a, that's a good first step. <laughs> Yeah, it's really- the other thing is um, what's interesting. I, I've done some some study and some research, and it sh- it we it shows that we tend to weigh the same amount as the people we hang out with. <laughs> we tend to adopt either their bad habits or their good habits. So mm-hmm. um, maybe think about who you're going to be spending time with. So, for example, I had a client once who came in, and she. Um, she did not make a lot of money, but she was hanging around with a lot of people who did. And this happens a lot, by the way, in the entertainment industry. I know you guys are out there in Nashville. Um, and so she felt like she had to keep up with the Joneses. So she was going out to dinner every night and she had massive credit card debt. And it was crazy. And I was saying, you cannot do this. She's like, but they're all doing it. And so think about maybe having an accountability. And they would even tell her, I don't know that you can afford this. And so it's funny you really need to have an accountability partner and make sure that they know what your goals are or else they can sabotage you, right? Or you can sabotage yourself if you're not really, hey, this is what I wrote down. This is what I want to do this year. I really have to be committed. Yeah, and I feel like the statistics person today, but you know, if you have an accountability partner, um, studies show that you're 80% more likely to meet your goals. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge number. So if it's really important to you, Find somebody that shares your passion, you know, you guys and Laura and I, and tell them what your goals are and then ask them, 
to check in with you and check in with each other, right? Absolutely. So, um, so beyond the budgeting, um, how do you, how do you guys personally um, define health? What does that mean for you? How do each of you like put that into action in your own lives? I like to eat healthy. I'm mostly on a plant-based diet right now. And so, um, you know, somebody said to me the other day that they heard you're supposed to eat about eight handfuls of vegetables a day. And I thought, you know, that's a lot easier to sort of get your head around than all these other metrics, you know. Mm -hmm. So I've been keeping that in mind and I've been being creative with meal planning, but I do need to plan ahead. So, (laughs) Um, but also exercise is important. And I have a Fitbit and I try to do my, you know, so much I try to do 30 minutes personally a day and I walk my dogs so it's like a win-win you know we all get outside we get some fresh air we get some vitamin d they get some exercise they're happy super happy and you know and I get up from my desk and I walk around you know in the middle of the day and I have the ability to do that since I work for myself um and also I love to do yoga and I'm doing a 30 days of yoga on YouTube. There's a, a woman called Yoga with Adrian. Love it. I love her. <laughs> and I've been, you know, watching her, doing her yoga at home for mm. a couple of years with her. And then last year I did the, was my first time 30 days of yoga and then I'm doing it again. And I try to do it every morning, you know, and it's just makes such a difference to start my day that way. Absolutely. And, you know, yoga is one of those things that's good for your body, good for your mind, good for your soul, you know, so it's a win, win, win. Yeah, so I'm a total health nut as well. And um, I wasn't always that way, but um, I actually developed fibromyalgia right after I had my son. And it's it can be such a painful and debilitating um, disease. And actually, they call it a syndrome, but I call it my forced exercise program because it's really the best thing you can do for fibromyalgia. So I do, I have the same weight that I had before I even became pregnant with my son. So I've maintained my weight throughout the years. I am super into anti-aging. I exercise every day if I can. If I miss one, it's generally because I was pretty busy or I just really intentionally gave myself the day off. But I walk about an hour to an hour and a half when I do my cardio, which is normally about five or six days a week. And on those off days, or actually in addition to the walking, I will do light weights, um, stretches, um, Pilates, a little bit of yoga. More, I'm more of a Pilates person myself, but um, I'm freakish about my diet. <laughs> I'm also kind of plant-based. I literally just finished my kale salad with um, anchovies and sunflower seeds. So um, I'm really big into, um, there's like a low lectin diet that I follow, which is Dr. Gundry. And I also, um, but actually right now I'm on Whole30 because I totally gave up alcohol and sugar. Yeah, I see the thumbs up. Yeah. Whole30, it's, it's more for the mental challenge to start the year to just start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I'm a pretty Mediterranean slash, but a lower carb version of Mediterranean. And um, as Honor knows, I'm pretty freakish about it. She's had dinner with me and <laughs> crazy habits. But and I do the intermittent fasting, I normally do not eat until around noon every day. And that's huge research that goes with that anti it's anti aging, it's anti cancer, anti disease. It's incredibly powerful research. So, Lara, you said that you haven't always felt 
um, like really tied to your health until you had this fibromyalgia. Um, so is that really what pushed you towards taking care of your body? Yeah, as a because as a younger woman, when I had my son, I, I was always very thin and I never had to work out. I was really a couch potato. I was workaholic, so I rarely had time to work out when I was in the corporate world. And after I had my son, that was what the doctor said. This is your consider this your pill, it's exercise. And so I realized that if I exercised every day, it got the blood flowing, my muscles were more supple, and I didn't have the tightness and the ache. So that really was when I became super intentional. But you guys are young. When you start to get a little older, you really start pondering the fact that not only do you want to live a longer life, but you want to live younger, longer. So you want to have the body of a young person. You want to have, don't have any, you don't want to have any pain. And so that's where I became freakish about it. And I read all kinds of books and research through my financial analysts. I've, I've kind of been following trends and the gurus in the anti-aging field. So I take certain supplements that they recommend like Axtaxanthin, which is krill oil, which is supposed to be very anti-aging um, and internet intermittent fasting as well. For sure. What about you, Honor? When did that all start for you? Well, you know, interestingly, I grew up very thin as well, like Laura, so I didn't have to, you know, we tend to think about health in terms of health if you're fat, right? If you're overweight. And so I didn't really think about it and I thought I'm healthy. But, um, you know, I've got genetically high cholesterol, so it's not based on my weight, but it's something that I have to pay attention to. And so started getting my attention about my diet you know even in college i wasn't i didn't weigh enough to give blood but i had high cholesterol so i had to just think rethink what i was eating and when you're in college and everybody's going out for pizza and burgers and beer mm -hmm. you know i had to to order some other things and think about it differently and so i kind of gave myself a few rules you know no fried food no cheese and, um, oh gosh, I've forgotten the last one. But um, <laughs> anyway, and that worked out well for me for a while. But as Laura said, as you get older and things change, then you have to start doing things differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was um, 15, I was diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So mm -hmm. um, pretty much like my, my body doesn't work well with insulin. It doesn't really know how to process it. Um, so very early on, my doctor was like, honestly, it doesn't matter if you eat lettuce for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you're not moving, if you're not making your body move and exercising, you're gonna gain. You're gonna gain weight. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm on all these different supplements, and I kind of had to learn early on. Balance is very important with the diet. Like I personally am, I'm not a, I'm not eating no cheese, no carb. Like that's not really mm -hmm. my thing. Um, I did Whole30 um, last year and felt great from cutting out dairy and like um, and heavy gluten. So I kind of have decreased how much I consume of of those items um but you know I I when I the, my freshman year of college my first semester I was going out all the time because everybody was going out my roommates were going out my sisters and my sorority was going out so I was trying to keep up with this social life and then one day I took a, I was taking a shower and I I'm I guess my blood sugar dropped and I was I had tunnel vision I fell to the ground I was shaking and after I called my mom like hysterical because I was really scared about what happened and ever since then that was kind of like my I still went out and would have fun and I've definitely had a little too much fun a couple times you know but <laughs> but you know I I still was always being mindful of like okay 
I have to go grocery shopping. I have to cook my food. I have to meal prep. If I'm going to go out, like I can't eat chicken tenders and French fries every single day, right. like every now and then that's fine. Um, and you know, throughout, throughout college, it was difficult as after I graduated and kind of had my own routine, it got easier, but you know, it was, it was scary to experience that moment where I was fainting almost and like falling to the ground and seeing black and you know just laying there like I have no idea what's happening am I am I dying I'm not sure (laughs) there's a whole positive perspective there though right because of that it's a scary thing and all but you're going to be healthier for many many decades because of that oh yeah and that that's how I see my fibromyalgia it's like it's a blessing Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it as something negative, you don't make the best out of it. But if you can make your pain your purpose, that's that's okay, you know. And, you know, just like you have that scary moment with your disease, I think, and maybe Honor can also uh, speak to this, but we're seeing a lot of people, friends of ours who have cancer, and that just really starts shocking you when you start seeing so many women I know who have had breast cancer, for example, and it really does make you just rethink how, what you do, all of your habits that could be cancer causing, whether it's, you know, how much alcohol you drink or the types of things that you consume, like sugar, for example, which is probably one of the worst things we should eat. Um, Yeah. It's like a wake up call. It definitely is. It, it for sure was. And, and you know, as I said, being in, in college, I was still trying to, you know, be fun and have all that. And, and I wasn't as healthy as I should have been, but it was coming out of college and being an adult and realizing I can't, I have to be at work at eight o'clock in the morning. I, I can't go out every night like I was in college. And, you know, and I, and I have somewhat, I have a, a, a tighter budget that I have to follow because I can't just ask mom for money, you know, if I want to go out. Like I, you know, so those, those steps kind of pointed me in the right direction. And I feel like I'm always learning and always evolving when it comes to that. But, but it was a, a, a almost, it was good for me to have that moment because it was like, okay, Dara, you need to make this a priority. This has to be something you focus on. Otherwise you're, you could hurt yourself. Right. Okay. So turning things around a little bit, um, I'd love to talk about how your biggest recommendations, how you think that people should start to create new goals and move forward into reaching them. What are the first steps? Um, well, I think that the key thing there is just um, you want smart goals, right? Specific, uh, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Um, and like, for example, I'm on Whole30 now, right? So specifically, I know which foods I need to avoid, like you're saying, the dairy, the sugar, the alcohol, the grains, pretty much everything fun. Um, <laughs> but I try not to think about it as a month, although it is a month, that's a very specific time, and I know what I have to do, and it's measurable. I really try to focus on each week. For some reason, seven days is a lot more achievable. And um, so, so that's one thing is have the SMART goals. And also... Establish micro habits. So, for example, here's an interesting study. Um, women who have, for example, their chips that are accessible to them on the top of the counter weigh eight pounds more than if their chips were in the cupboard. So, one micro habit might be just to take all of your junk food and put it in the pantry a little bit further away. For those of you who absolutely need it in the house, let's say for kids or other people. But, you know, a better one might be to just 
throw out something, but maybe that's not realistic for you. And, and you're right. Sometimes we eliminate whole food groups. That's just too much, right? It's, mm -hmm. We're going to cheat. So have something, maybe have little, make it tiny steps. Maybe you reduce sugar a week at a time, or we do it by eliminating just uh, soda, for example. Um, we call them micro habits in coaching. So here's another one. If you're, if you want to exercise every day, maybe you want to put your exercise clothes on at night before you go to bed or have them right there on the chair as soon as you get up mm -hmm. and, and commit to five minutes, five minutes of exercise. So if you then are able to get those five minutes, by the time the five minutes are done, you're going, okay, let's just keep going, right? So that's a micro habit. And if you don't, okay, I did my five minutes, I established my goal. Those little teeny routines that we can establish are so powerful. Oh yeah, Ellen's really good at hiding food in the cupboard. She <laughs> she left me at her house the other day and I was looking for the Cheez-Its and they were like behind a box, behind a box. I was like, I know we just got those, where'd they go? <laughs> we had um, these... Saunders chocolate, dark chocolate caramels. Um, it's a Michigan thing. My mom always sends me home with them after Christmas. She got me a huge Costco package of them, which is incredibly dangerous. Right. And so um, when Dara first got here, we were both just like we had each been having one. And then a few hours later, we would have another one. And so since then, like the first night after eating a million of those things, we hid them in the back of the cupboard and neither of us have touched them since. What? Not once. So it works. It works. Yeah. So, and another thing that you can do is really um, do some visualization. I mean, think about why is this your goal? What do you want it to look like? Not physically, but you know, what what do you want your life to look like at the end of this goal? Close your eyes and really imagine yourself in that place, right? And feel it. Like really feel it. Feel it in your body. Feel it in your mind. Feel it in your heart. And that will really motivate you to stick to your goals. And another thing, another visual cue to create a vision board, right? Mm -hmm. Pinterest or even just on paper and stick it up in your room and just remember why you're doing this. You know, what's the point? The point is to live longer. The point is to feel better, mm -hmm. right? And the point is to stick to your budget. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I actually have my... I'm going to whip it out right now. I have my vision board All right. <laughs> that I created for 2020. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, this was like the first time I'd, I'd really done one, just as writing down all of my goals for the first time. So it, it really does nice. like, you know, I mean, and I have some financial goals on there, like a, an adventure goal, some, something as simple as I, I love to read, but as an adult, I haven't it's hard to, I, I listen to audiobooks sometimes while I'm driving, but to sit down, there's just nothing like sitting down with a book and flipping through the pages. And, you know, I know it sounds weird, but I like to smell books when I get them. I just love the way they smell. So one of the things is I really just want to finish a fiction book. You know, not, I, I listen to self-help stuff all the time, but just something to kind of escape yeah. um, aside from watching TV or Netflix or whatever. Um, and just, I have a little something frivolous on there is to, you know, maybe buy myself some like studded diamond earrings but you know just just to have a vision you know yeah yeah <laughs> definitely all right so next question for you ladies um so what is possible if you can i reach your ideal health status whatever your your goal is i feel like you can just achieve so much more i just want to hear your your perspective on that 
Um, so, I mean, I think it's just living, you know, thinking about the future and, you know, when I retire in 15, 20 years, whatever that's going to be, where I want to be able to go hiking. I want to be able to travel, you know, I want to be able to take long walks and continue walking my dogs and, you know, spend quality time with my husband and my stepchildren and my family and, um, and feel good. You know, when you, as you start to get older, then you start to realize that when you don't take care of yourself, you feel it, you feel it a lot more. And so when the younger you start and the longer you can continue it, then you can live a longer, fuller, more fulfilling life. Absolutely. And what about you, Laura? Um, you know, for me, <laughs> I, I think coaching has been so transformative for me. And what I, I, I've seen massive changes in the people that I've coached. And so I know that, my, I guess my big goal is to think big for myself. And, and I guess I'm currently asking myself, like, what does that really mean? So it's really no barriers, right? And it also, I am coming to the realization that you need to be at my, my big theme word for the year is to glide into things, to let life flow. And so for me, it's being open to the fact that these big opportunities can come. And that also is very consistent with the creative people in the industry, right? I mean, I think that they're really hardworking and they don't always believe it's going to happen. But um, if you truly believe it, but then you let the universe kind of flow with it and understand what opportunities, like every week I say to myself, what opportunity was given to me this week and how can I make the most from it? So my goal really is very simple, just to flow into it. I'm generally speaking in the past, a brute force kind of person, make it happen. Um, it's going to be hard. And I don't want to believe that anymore. My big belief is I want to believe that things come naturally, especially the good things in life, and I'm going to let them flow. And whatever it is, is. And I'm just going to be open to that. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't really touched much on the um, emotional and spiritual sides of things. Um, so I'd like to hear um, what you what your tips are for keeping your emotions in check. Maybe, um, for example, somebody with anxiety or um, depression, what are your first steps for them? You know, I think that um, it's it's one of you were saying earlier talking about being mindful. I think that that's the biggest thing is to have an awareness of when things are happening to you, you know, what's going on. And we have what we call in coaching saboteurs, limiting beliefs, right? It's, gosh, you can't do that. Or, you know, and these, these voices in your head telling you something and you just have to be aware of those and realize that they, their main focus is to keep you where you are to stop you from growing and to stop you from changing. And so you have to have an awareness of those being present, being mindful, then you can just be, once you're aware of them, then you can say, I'm not listening to that, right? I know what I need to do. And you just push that away. Definitely. Yeah, and in coaching, we have this incredible exercise we do with our clients where we develop what's called their inner leader. And this has been extremely powerful for me and for my clients. It's that person that wants what's best for you. They, they are, care about you. They, 
they honor you. And so it's that person that is going to really inspire you and help you when you're feeling down or when you're having that emotional state. And, um, it's going to be different from each person because each person really, we do a vision, um, a guided exercise that helps them develop that inner leader. And then we put in place structures, what we call structures in coaching. So for example, I may meditate and think about my inner leader and also have a meditation tape that incorporates visuals that remind me of my inner leader. So right now I, I have glide and I think about like a bird in flight and my inner leader is, is like star, star spirit, right? So I know it sounds a little hokey, but actually is very powerful. And so when I meditate on that, I have this meditation tape that actually is, is birds flying in the air and there's visuals and you hear the bird sounds and it really is helpful to center me and relax me. And then we also develop these things called allies. So let's say you need more confidence for something um, or courage. We do, once again, exercises to help that client get in touch with somebody or something to help amplify that characteristic in their life. So maybe I want more courage and I'm a lawyer who's trying cases and that inner ally for me or that um, ally for courage might be Brad Pitt. So I'm going to go into that courtroom with a little Brad Pitt swag. You know, so we call on these allies, so to speak, that we develop through the coaching process to really be our mentors in a way and that walk with us in our journey. And because it's, we never want to comfort ourselves, right? Because like honor said, we want to, we're our own saboteurs. If we have something outside ourselves. To comfort us, it's sometimes a little easier. We give ourselves permission. Just to build on what Laura's talking about, one of the biggest allies that we that our clients find helpful is the um, appreciator. And so, you know, and you always hear this, count your blessings and, you know, be grateful. And it really does work. I mean, when you're down and you're just feeling like the world's against you and you stop and you give thanks or you're thankful for, you say out loud what you're thankful for and you activate your, what we say, activate your appreciator, it, it can really change your mindset. Absolutely. I, um, this last month and a half have been actively uh, practicing gratitude um, every single morning. Usually like Monday through Friday on the, on the weekends are a little janky for me, but I make a point for Monday through Friday, right after my workout, I make my coffee and I sit down with my gratitude journal and I, I it's very simple I don't write out like you know a whole paragraph or anything just three things that I'm grateful for mm -hmm. every day I try to have something different every day but I mean sometimes I'm just you know thankful for the for the same thing but um, my my mindset has changed incredibly just from exactly. that one simple thing yeah. of writing down I mean and it's it could be one my mom two, my dog three coffee right. <laughs> you know yeah. it's and it's just every day I do that and I, I feel like the way I look at the world around me has is is starting to change and it's awesome yeah that's beautiful so that's a micro habit that you developed for yourself that doesn't take a lot of time but it's extremely it gives you a lot of rewards and you know for example you mentioned spirituality um I get a verse from the bible just emailed to me and so that's the first thing I look at in my emails every morning and I read it. It takes a minute, but it puts me in touch with that. And I don't, I make a 
micro habit of, of looking at that before I look at other emails, because that's, that's how I want to start my day. And I start it with also additional Bible reading. And I volunteer every week with children who are at risk. And to me, that builds, that builds me up emotionally and spiritually. Um, so that's just one way that I, you know, tune up my, my spirituality. Yeah. And, and everybody has to find what works to feed their spirit, right? So maybe it's church, maybe it's volunteering, maybe it's yoga, you know, maybe it's being outdoors. It's interesting how many people I talk to when you start to, you know, we dig into their core values, trying to help them identify those. And so many people find themselves outside when they're visualizing things and just didn't really realize how much that feeds their soul, you know? So again, it's being mindful when you're feeling a certain way, what is it that's making me feel this way? And then, you know, taking that and moving that forward with your, with yourself or yourself. Definitely. A um, couple things that I do is like Laura, I read my Bible every morning, um, which I find gets me in a really good headspace. But I also try to go for a walk outside every day and just being outside, um, whether I'm listening to a podcast on the phone with a friend or just walking in silence and just hearing the birds and stuff, I've noticed that that's really anchored me doing that and doing yoga, but especially for me being being outside and getting out of like four walls yeah. and just experiencing um, the beauty of the earth. But um, so we should probably get to our last questions. Um, so first off to each of you, um, what does self-care mean to you? So for me, I had I have historically had a trouble trouble with this. I didn't even know what self-care was when someone told me about it. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard for me to understand what to do. So for me, I like to, once again, get out in nature. I agree wholeheartedly. That is so um, powerful, helpful, nurturing. Need to get your vitamin D, your sun. Um, I invest in a massage every month. It, it helps clear my mind and my body. I think it's helpful to to relax because I take a hot bath. I like taking hot baths. Um, I meditate and prayer. So I think all those things really are the way that I invest in self-care for me. And, I, and I'm funny. I really like my quiet time. I like my me time. And so, and it is meditative, whether I'm meditating or I'm just sitting with a book, like you said, Dara, um, mm-hmm. I think that also has a meditative quality to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, That's investing in yourself. For sure. Yeah. And I think this is a thing, especially as women, you have a hard time making time for yourself. You're always thinking of other people and it's important to do that and to be intentional about doing that. Um, and for me, as I mentioned earlier, I get up and I do yoga. This is a new thing that I put in place for myself probably six months ago or so. And it's made such a difference in my day. I mean, I just don't get as stressed, you know, I just, things are I'm more resilient. It's made such an impact. And then you know, getting good sleep, getting enough sleep. That's so important to me. I can tell the difference when I've had seven hours and when I've had five hours, you know. I'm still working on that. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, not, it's not easy, um, and especially when you have a lot of things on your mind, but it's, it's so important. Drinking a lot of water, that's another thing that I'm just very, you know, my husband's so sick of me saying, how much water have you drank today? You know, because <laughs> it's, I just think it's so important for your body and for, for everything. And for me, you guys touched on this a little bit too, but I need some actual quiet time, like mm-hmm. no book, no no person, you know, just kind of quiet time, and it's very centering. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So uh, next question, what do you guys each nerd out about in your free time? If it's not wellness related, <laughs> how are you nerdy? We want to find your inner nerd. Oh my God, I'm so geeky. Like it's not even, <laughs> like I was a chemical engineering major. So I, I totally geek out on economics and finance. I, I, I admit to it. I read like a ton of the white papers and journal articles and it's pretty disgusting, but it's fun. I find that fun. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> yep, I knew that's why. That's why I let her go first because I knew that she knew. We talk about it all the time. Um, I think it's a little harder for me. I'm just probably, a really cool person. Yeah, I just I can't help it. I'm super cool. No, I think it's probably planning and organi- organizing. You know, I probably take that sometimes to an extreme because it, it gives me peace for myself, you know, and I think it's kind of like you making the, you know, oh, making the, anal planner. Yeah, the list. That's a little bit of my, I'm a little geeky yeah. about that probably. I thought I was an anal planner until I met Dara. <laughs> I have my bullet journal that I like designed for the year and like took the time to, you know, figure out all my goals and all that stuff. And then Dara shows up and she's like, I am planning out every meal in every little detail of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's color coded. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yes. That's impressive. Yes. <laughs> the OCD is real. Yes. 100%. Do you have a favorite personal routine, uh, whether it's morning or night or maybe something that you do just once once a week on the weekend or, you know, how do you kind of get yourself ready for the day or unwind from it? Well, I don't know if it's getting ready or unwinding from it. Um, uh, to unwind, I normally do. Like my husband goes a bit first and I'll sit out a little bit and I will meditate and just like enjoy the white space. But I am, my skin routine is crazy (laughs) and I've been doing it for years and people always comment on my skin. So it must be working, but, um, I'm pretty anal about like, yeah, no matter how tired I am, that skin stuff. You do have great skin. I can see it through the zoom. It's glowing. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, I I feel like a broken record, but I think it's just getting up first thing and doing yoga. Mm -hmm. And before I do anything else, and I'm super blessed, my husband will make breakfast so I can do my yoga. And so we'll go, I'll go downstairs and we'll have breakfast together. And it's kind of our time together before we start the day and then just go to it. Very cool. Wish I had someone to make me breakfast. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are your biggest pet peeves? Uh, I guess for me, it's people who don't do what they say they're going to do. And yeah, and um, it's really, that's really kind of something that's always gotten to me. And, you know, what we find as coaches is when there's something that really bugs you, it's because it goes directly against a core value that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my core values is being reliable. Yes. You know, and so then when somebody is not reliable, it just really gets to me you know it digs under your skin <laughs> it just gets way. in there yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I, I I have to admit I'm a grammar Nazi I really <laughs> dislike it when people have poor grammar and that's my grandmother just she's coming through I think from the beyond and and she's channeling herself through me but um even tv journalists like sometimes they just lack proper grammar um but I would say <laughs> I know I admit it, but um, I would say beyond that, I don't like people who are very close-minded mm. and won't at least 
see different perspectives on life. Mm -hmm. So I would say that people who just see the world um, in black and white, that I like to also look at the gray parts. Going back to the grammar Nazi thing, I um I was reading last night next to Dara and I did a face mask and read a book because we're awesome like that. Self-care. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we could go out and see some live music because she's, you know, she's in Nashville. She's not here all the time. But we just read a book and did a face mask. And as I'm reading, I just turned to her and go, how is there a typo in this book? How many times did the editor go over this to miss that? Because <laughs> there were like two or three different ones in that one chapter and it was driving me insane. So feel that. <laughs> so what do you ladies splurge on and what are you cheap about? You know, I, I do. I, I splurge on the things that I think have value to me because like honor said, values are important. Um, and also things that you utilize a lot. So for example, one like a mattress, you're on it every night, right? So invest in a good mattress. Um, it, you know, it, good walking shoes, um, good quality things, you know, a good car, a good quality car. Um, what am I cheap with? Um, pretty much every, like I really, it's hard for me to spend on frivolous little things. Like I'm fairly cheap with makeup. I'll buy it just at the supermarket. Um, but I splurge on the face stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll buy the Retin-A or the Tazerac that's really good. Um, but then I'll buy inexpensive, you know, oil valet face cream. Um, but yeah, I think investing in, um, in your, in, if you're going to work out every day, invest in a gym, it really depends on your values. It's what's important to you. Definitely. What about you, Honor? So I'm kind of a foodie, and I will splurge on a good meal. Um, you know, if somebody tells me about a good restaurant, my husband, I'm lucky again, my husband is the same way. So we will be, you know, that's a probably at least once a week, really, we're, we're spoiling ourselves, but we go for a really nice dinner. Nashville has great food. So. Great food, and I'm loving it. And, you know, that's a, it's expensive, but it's it's a priority for us, you know, so that's good. Um, you get a date in. That's always nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're pretty good about that. So, um, and then I think for where I'm cheap is, you know, I'll buy like, I'll buy some clothes that are on sale that are cheap at a, you know, kind of a non brand name thing just because I'm like, oh, that's cute, you know, and so I'll go cheap on that. Absolutely. I am the same way. I'm super cheap with clothes. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm over. I, I like quality or quantity over quality when it comes to clothes. Like if I have a hundred dollars, I want to buy six things. Uh-huh. Like I don't right. want to buy one thing. I want to buy six right. <laughs> to make that right. dollar go far Stretch as far it. as I Stretch can get it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's so funny too, but I'm such a, being back to a geek, like I think I'd rather have buy money. I'd rather spend money on education than jewelry. Mm. Like I love to learn and I love to grow personal growth. So to me, that's more important than a piece of jewelry. I know that sounds weird. Most guys be like, what's your problem? You are kind of a nerd. <laughs> I know. My husband's like, you make me return all this jewelry. I don't get it. Are you really a woman? It's not practical, right? Buy me a course. <laughs> Buy me a Skillshare membership. What is an unknown secret of the life coaching industry? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I think the big one is that so many coaches are not certified. 
And people don't, they're not smart enough to ask, hey, what is your certification? How much training have you undergone? Um, And that's, I guess, another pet peeve of mine is because, you know, we've spent countless hours, lots of money getting certification from the best people in the industry. It's not like a couple hours here or a weekend there. So um, I, I think that's a huge secret. Anybody can call themselves a coach, but not everybody is a true coach. Yeah, I don't think I really have much to add to it, to that. I think that's right. Perfect. All right, last question. We want to hear what's your favorite band or your favorite type of music or artist? So I'm a kind of a metalhead from way back. Um, I know, I, I know. see that one yeah. coming. I know. <laughs> Hold on. <Shut>. What? <laughs> I know. That's a surprise. And you do yoga every morning? Yeah, I do know. Do you do yoga to your metal? Like, see, <laughs> I'm very balanced, right? It's all about balance. So I love, um, so Nirvana is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorites i mean if it comes on in the car and i'm getting to where i'm going i'll we'll wait and listen to it you know so that's my big one yeah love it how about you laura um you know i i like a lot of different music but i would have to say like my big because i i do like some of the older music and we've been listening to some of the older tunes by let's say tom petty and um the like the eagles and but i I kind of like Coldplay. I'm I'm fascinated by that. I love all their songs. I like Imagine Dragons, um, but but I'll listen to pretty much anything. I love music. Very cool. Well, that is about it. This was so great and so fun, and I really appreciate y'all taking the time to speak with us um, and doing this Zoom meeting with us. And um, I think we've I've I've learned a lot, and I was also feeling a little solidified in the choices that I've been making lately. I've been like, all right, I'm kind of I'm kind of doing it doing a thing. Sound like you're doing well, and thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, we wish you guys a, a lot of luck in your podcast. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having us. All it's right, super fun. Thank Thank you, thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Beyond Broke and Hungry. This was our last interview episode, but stay tuned. Next week, we have our grand finale, and we'll let you know what things are going on and happening in the future of Beyond Broke and Hungry. But in the meantime, keep following us on social media and check out our website, beyondbrokenhungry.com. Check you next week.